from Tom Tech and Lo-Fi Arts, this is Story Hacker with an XR at the end, exploring the art of emerging technologies. Visit tomtechblog.com. Hey, 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 welcome to episode four of Story Hacker with an XR at the it's end. got an XR at the end of it. Story Hacker. <laughs> Your regular deep dive into the world of theatre making, storytelling, and immersive technology such as virtual reality and augmented reality. My name is Christopher. And I'm James. Hello, James. How are you doing? I'm really good. Yeah. Excellent. I'm pretending it's like a whole week since we last spoke. I know, it's really, great, right? Yeah. The magic of these things. This week, Chris went to meet up with Awe and Esteban, who run a company called AOE Dance. They came onto our radar a couple of years ago with a show called Wist, which we had in various guises at the old market and on their first tour with it. It was a live 360 exhibition performance piece inspired by the work of Freud. It went down really, really well and it, they're an amazing company and the finish on their work is really impressive. So we're very excited to see what they're doing next. They're a pair of dancers and they met dancing for other people so it's really interesting that they're now building these incredible, elaborate, immersive shows rooted in choreography, rooted in being a dance thing. And there's so much that can come to the world of immersive from dance and choreography and I think a lot around spacing and how we move with the physical relationship between the viewer and the performer or whatever that's digital or real, that those are questions that haven't been done in this or worked out in this setting. So really exciting to hear from them. Where did you meet them, Chris? So I travelled up to Sadler's Wells and I met them towards the end of their sellout run and I think that was the final UK run, although they then took it to uh, Malaysia and other places around the world. As you'll hear, they had loads to say digging into the actual process of getting it done. Uh, they're really cool. Here's Chris with them. Enjoy. How did you two meet and first work together? Yeah, uh, we met at a um, uh, dance company called the Jasmine Bidemon Company where we worked as a dancer and we are still working as a dancer as well. We perform one of the production and this company usually creates for six months and then after touring but, and then we have a bigger gap into the next creation. So in between this gap we thought uh, we can explore something together and we had the opportunity of uh, residency, first residency at the place in London and then there we started to create. Well, before I say yes to your invitation, I said um, at one condition is that if we start something, we finish it. And finish it means making the piece and selling the piece. Because dancers usually just create like a small duet, perform it once and they're happy and they think that everything is done. And, uh, for me, it's, um, I didn't want that, so, yeah. So you'd set in place kind of an ambition for it to complete these works before, before, mm. we before even you even try to work together, yeah. Mm. The first work is different than the, the WIST. WIST is the uh, first work that is funded by, but before we were working, creating without any funding to have. So the only income you'd get from it is from selling it to and do performing it and getting ticket yeah. income and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, although we didn't perform for no. this piece, but you know, we started to also create other projects as well yeah. as this one, mm -hmm. and then yeah, started to imagine with uh, 2013, I think. Mm -hmm. But we thought when we were in the studio, we thought we had the same sort of like we didn't want to move because we it's easy for us uh, to 
fall into something that you are used to, that your body is used to, to do, or in terms of movement and things. So, and because we are still dancing for Jasmine Vardimon, uh, we need to be careful to not unconsciously uh, repeat what we are doing with the company. So it's, uh, it's a big challenge for us, you know, every time we have to fight against ourselves uh, as well, you know, big shaking ourselves. And, but we found out that we really liked it, um, uh, similar things and uh, that we have a vision of the work and when we have this vision of the work, um, it's easy because we, we, we know where we want to get to. It's just how to get there is a bit more tricky. So getting funding, getting people interested into the work, this is the most difficult part because once we start to speak to different collaborators that we would like to work with, uh, we realize actually um, uh, people are uh, interested over, about uh, ambitious projects uh, and we like him to do ambitious work. Um, WIS was really ambitious in 2014 and the mainstream didn't know about VR yet. Even so, VR existed for a long time ago and stuff, but even me and I, we didn't know anything about VR. And I think that was really good, actually. Though we just knew that if you put a headset, you are immersed into something. That's all we knew. Now, we really imagine a piece uh, where the audience would be like uh, triggering the work. This is really important. We want the audience to feel like how we feel on stage as a performer. We want them to be uh, going through emotions and sensations and feelings and and uh, moving in the space and being engaged physically, not just um, emotionally or just sitting on a chair and watching. But you'd already sort of described your projects together as a thing that was breaking down barriers between the audience and the dancer, but maybe putting things on in a much closer space or a different kind of space. Mm. That was before you discovered VR as a tool for that. Yeah, de definitely. Yeah. That was the first piece that we were exploring together. Yeah, this wish of bringing audience in the center of the work, that's going to be the same aim for all our production. I think that's what we're interested in. I might be wrong, and I, I'm probably wrong, but what I'm thinking is that I, I think today there is a new form that can emerge. So a stage performance is, it's stage performance, and it will always stay, nothing will replace that, it's no. great. Um, but for example, immersive theater, we got a shit lot of immersive uh, going on everywhere. And I think this form has been um, uh, overused, and I think there's something uh, uh, different than that that can um, exist today uh, because of our uh, time, because of our culture, because of uh, the technology, uh, because the world we are living in allowed that. And I, I got that feeling and um, I think that's what we are trying to uh, search for. So which came first, the concept for WIST or the feeling of about VR? Concept the concept for WIST. Yeah, first. the concept, mm -hmm. because the concept um, roughly was about bringing the audience in the center of the work, them to trigger the work. Um, it was about unconscious. Uh, we wanted to talk about the Minotaur at first and uh, researching we find out that uh, Freud were comparing the brain as a labyrinth and us being the Minotaur in that labyrinth. And, uh, and then digging a bit more into Freud's work, blah, blah, and then we met someone from the Freud Museum, a psychanalyst. Uh, with who we share our wish and ideas and stuff and she said oh that might be interesting and then we went on and so the the concept was here first and 
the VR, you know, is not, WIST is not a VR piece. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not a VR piece. We use headset like as we use um, objects or we use costume or makeup or music. It was not our main focus. The main focus was the audience experience. And that was only our main worry. Isn't that the right way to approach it though? It's almost like the VR is a toolkit for something else rather than being obsessed with, oh, this is a VR. Mm, I think that... I think so too, but uh, I wouldn't say there is one way of doing VR, virtual reality experiences. I think it's wrong and I hate when people say, this is how you should do VRPs and stuff. I hate that because there's no way of... I mean, we are not in a moment where there is a way of doing it. There are things that we know that we shouldn't go to because they are, those are mistakes and you can avoid those mistakes. A lot of you have done it before and we can learn from that. But what I like about VR is that um, it can be so surprising. Uh, we were in fi Finland mm. in a f dance film festival and upstairs in the second floor in this building there were this, this guy alone in his room presenting his piece. He was a, graf a student in graphic design uh, and I tried his piece and the piece was just so simple but it was just so emotional and he talked to me so much and I was like blown away it was amazing it was the best thing and it, it was all CGI there were no characters there were no narrative but I could build my own narrative during this experience and it was just amazing and I think with VR it's great because you can get so surprised so many di different things made from different um, tools people. to use as yeah, well as from different fields yeah. and stuff so. back in 2014 we've been listening to the people from Oculus Facebook talking about the VR blah 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 or VR events and festivals and then we were always a bit upset by what they are saying because when we are looking at how we make in the theater is not really applying to the 360 environment and that was quite upsetting what they are saying so we thought okay we're not gonna listen anymore because it's not really yeah inspiring so we stopped listening to it but now I think last year we were at the rain film the uh, rain dance film festival and talking with uh, different panels in the panel and that was quite uh, inspiring or, or quite uh, happy that to see all the people who is um, thinking really creatively and no boundary of thinking what this VR has to be so which was great maybe they have had to learn yeah because oh. it's taken time for the people that are immersed in the technology to learn not about VR but about performance and about art and about storytelling mm -hmm. They come at it from a different direction. Mm. But these people who are on panel was mostly artists or creatives. Mm. But some people were having a background of, of course, the technology. Uh, but he is also an artist. So, yeah. yeah. Hello. Hi. Hello. Just a second. I just want to scan the. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Technology. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that WIST was influenced partly by Freudian ideas, mm. but also in the show notes you mentioned the Japanese poet and yep. art yeah. and director um, Shuji Teriyama. Yeah. Like he's a, a really multifaceted creative person. Yeah. What facet of his vision was an influence on WIST? Uh, so I think I was looking at uh, his movie and I was so obsessed about it. And we were also into live art scene as well, so he's kind of name came up through that kind of direction and then his his movies was really like really abstract you know and really full on and we were watching on the train and then whoops <laughs> we shouldn't watch full on nudity and sexuality whatever and um, but there were no boundary inside but he was saying that 
he was exploring uh, he's also a photograph mm. he was exploring his photograph to show uh, lie although the photograph is meant to show the truth but he was exploring to show a lie in the photograph that's why his character is so different or unique or, or absurd in, in 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 the photography or his movies and then that's what I really loved about him saying this for me it's like I'm so uh, I admire him his work I find it so inspiring um, there are only a few people like I admire like that uh, I could name Robert Lepage uh, I could name uh, Romeo Castellucci I just can't explain it's just moving me so much, it's talking to me so much. I feel like I don't need any specific knowledge to understand what they are trying to say. Or It's give us um, courage, courage, you say? Yeah. When you see work like from Sujitiriyama to also allow ourselves to be expressing what we want to express the way we want to do. Uh, I feel always a bit shy, I feel always like maybe I should hold back a bit about what I'm going to do in the piece and stuff, but seeing what Suji have been doing, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I can allow myself to, to go for it because you know, it's very important. It's that feeling that people have gone before doing truly kind of, it is courageous, it's uh, yeah. stuff where they throw their body and their, mm. and their philosophy into the same pot. I just yeah. go, I'll give everything to this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And they don't you can feel that like they don't care what people will say about and uh, and that they just do what they believe in and what they love. We have to learn from that and also go for it. When you first developed the concept for WIS, when you first knew that you wanted to incorporate some VR in some way or at least explore that, how did you go about that? I assume you're not coders and computer programmers. No, yeah. I hate coding. <laughs> to see coding we, we is tried. just... <laughs> yeah, we, we tried, we, we downloaded those tutorial videos yeah. to learn how to oh, so code. you did have a go. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we tried. tried. We tried projection mapping, we tried to code, we tried pure data, we tried... Many things. <coughs> and that was, that was scary <laughs> because we didn't have network. It's just our in Esteban. We are based in Ashford in Kent, and we don't have network to anyone to Oculus or those well, big companies. There is so many tutorials on the YouTube, but even it's. I mean, you you need to have long time to achieve to get there, and then we discovered that there is so many other people who can do better. So and so we <laughs> never gave up. We always. Uh, we're trying to search for people that could help us on that project. Uh, we failed many times, and I will repeat, we failed many times, so <laughs> guys, don't give up. But you know, it was constantly in us, so and looking for it, and at some point we found someone. Uh, we managed to, to talk to this person, and this person is Daniel Chitam, he is now CEO of Happy Finish, a digital company. Uh, Global CEO, I think. Yeah, uh, based in London, but also worldwide. They have many offices around the world. We were lucky to meet him because we met him, we talked to him briefly about what was our vision, and I think he could see our vision. Or at least he could see something, or he could smell something. And he gave us, uh, no, he didn't give us carte blanche, but 
he really uh, supported us and supported the vision and with no restriction or so on. He really uh, went for it as well uh, from his side, supported us as much as he could and we today wouldn't exist without Daniel. Uh, but we discovered via on TV show, like me in Japanese TV show, uh, Esteban yeah. on French TV show. <laughs> Even though say, we, we watch separate uh, TVs in TV programs, but yeah. uh, we discovered quite at the same time in no, 2014. And then the first VR that uh, people goes uh, on the roller coaster and then people fail, you know, when, <laughs> when the yeah. roller coaster comes on. And then that was the thing that we could see in VR and then that, that thought that can really immerse the um, person really easily. And then that's where we started to imagine VR coming into the work. More than immersing, it's actually tricking the brain of the audience. And that's what you need to just remember is tricking the brain of the audience. So what do you want to do with this? Once you know that, what do you want to do with this? And uh, we wanted to be gentle with the audience. We were not interested to do something like uh, scary or something too easy. You know, we were more interested to uh, have the audience leading the performance, like a book. A book, you have to turn the page to continue the story, and we like that. The audience has to turn the page. If they don't, if they are not, if they are passive, nothing can happen. So we are capturing their gaze uh, during the scenes. Uh, we choreographed uh, the, the piece in a way that we knew that in the future we're going to put uh, triggers here and there and there and those triggers will lead to here and there and there and that it has to make sense in the narrative. We got 26 scenes uh, but you're not going to watch all of them. You're just going to see a part of them which uh, at the end going to give you a, a judgment, a perspective on the story, on the characters. But depending on which path you took during the story, uh, we got 76 paths possible paths in the story, your judgment will be affected, will be different. And the idea were like to have an audience, so we got 20 audience members each hours that probably don't know each other, Men, um, most of the time they don't know each other, but then when they go out, uh, they got this number, and this number if they go on withvr.com they can check their analyze of their personality depending on which path they took their, uh, during the, the, the experience. But also we want to carry on this uh, with experience outside the doors of the venue, the theater, the gallery, uh, by uh, letting people uh, exchanging their, uh, their experience, you know, like uh, when you go out of the cinema, you're like, ah, oh, I liked it this moment, I liked it this moment. And that's what, hap what happened with Wist. I liked it this moment. Ah, but I had the same moment, but it was slightly different because it was not this, but it was like that. And then that's where they find out that they didn't saw exactly the same thing and that they can complete the puzzle and get a bigger, better and bigger picture of the story in Wist. And then the path they go through, their individual path, depends on, for example, where they look or what they, yeah. what they, how they interact when yeah. they first get in. Yeah. yeah, from the beginning till the end. So it's not a choice that you make at the beginning and you are stuck with that choice. It's all the way through the experience. We are capturing their gaze triggering their own specific path. That's a very different kind of storytelling from choreography. Or is it not? Is it the same? I think it's quite the same, no? It's not the same, but yeah. it's really, it's a different approach to it. So imagine that you are sitting in the auditorium watching a performance and um, as a choreographer, we can make you look as the bigger picture 
or we can put a spotlight on one actor and make you look at the actor. But now instead of the director deciding about the lighting and making you look at the big or small picture, you as an audience have the choice, the opportunity to decide, do you want to look at him, do you want to look at her, do you want to look at, not at him, at her, but instead at behind you, what's going on, and um, we wanted them to be, um, how can I say, moving through the spaces. And in which we got this visual art installation that is basically an exact match of the journey of the actors in the piece. So it's exactly matching one to another. And so you mean in the VR? In the VR. So that you've got the set with the bits in it, yeah. and those bits in it map yeah. onto the VR. Yeah. Yeah. See, Take amazing. two pieces of paper, draw yeah. the object, and draw the journey of the uh, characters. If you put them on top of each other, they exactly match. And we wanted the audience to move through the virtual and uh, real space. And we didn't want to um, es uh, escape the real space either. Uh, so what happened is that they're still aware of their environment during the experience while they're in the VR. And because sometimes we ask them the object, you can trigger it from different pers perspective or different point of view. But some of them, you have only one point where you have to trigger them, which means that when you have five or six or seven people trying to trigger the same object, if you already triggered it before, you're going to feel the contact with uh, other audience yeah, people, other you know, people. coming yeah. to or you might hear, you might feel the people walking around if we have a wooden floor, for example, you know. So we didn't want to exclude the reality. We wanted to keep the reality present during the experience. So that was really important. And um, so they are traveling through uh, this uh, real space, but also in the virtual space, how we use the camera and everything dur during the whole experience. The camera position um, has a journey as well. We started quite simple at the beginning of the experience because for m most of the people it's the first time in VR, so we don't want to go like full on their face. But then it's going full on their face as the story goes and the camera can change uh, position, can be really low on the floor, so you feel like a tiny mouse and looking like this, or you can feel like it's eye level, and you are, but you are more against the wall, so you, you, you don't feel like you are in the room or you're not present. Or, yeah, we can put the camera against the wall and create an intense action in front of the camera, which means that you can't escape this action because we are putting you back against the wall. If you're turning around, you're facing the wall. So we have, like, we use different techniques uh, for the camera position, and the camera position is the main thing because it's your audience. And also, for example, when the camera is down on the floor, the object in the rear space, it's actually low down on the floor. So the audience has to actually crawl down to the floor, be literally hands and feet um, onto the floor to trigger the object. And so when it's the, the scene starts, you are touching with your hand the cold floor, which relate to what you are seeing in the VR. And uh, so your natural nervous system take over and complete the experience. It connect the experience between the real and the virtual. So we have so many, I could talk about it for two hours. Well, you weren't uh, fibbing when you said it was an ambitious project. Were there any p really particular challenges that got in your way trying to develop something as big as this? Money. <laughs> oh, so that's the yeah. main yeah. challenge. Yeah, because we wanted to, uh, with the object, to include AR animation before you go into the VR. And then we realized that to make it how we want it to be, uh, the air, it would cost so much money time. Uh, so we decided to uh, take out this idea completely. 
which we realized didn't take out anything of the work, but we feel a bit like we didn't really uh, made with really how we wanted we vision the work. Mm. So there are still parts missing, mm. but we learn a lot from that production. It's our first major production. We work with more than 40 collaborators on the project. Uh, m most of them never met. Uh, even so, for example, a digital company was in North London, the visual artist was in South London, and they had to work together. The programmer had to work with the visual artist, which is amazing, you know, it's never happened. Uh, but they had to work together and it was a constant learning process, how to create a workflow between the VFX artist, uh, the guy who was going to program and the guy who was going to uh, create uh, with us the uh, objects, you know, it's uh, a massive learning curve, but amazing because we learned so much and now we, for our second production that's going to come hopefully next year, which is not going to include VR at all. It's going to be completely different. But we learn a lot, and we're going to approach the creation process not completely differently, but definitely uh, differently in a way that we know what we want in terms of like we want to collect all the collaborators together for think tank at first, and just talk and have fun together, and then going to development period, and then going to creation, because it's going to involve a lot of technology. So. We need to have this development period before we go into creation and, and, and then we premiere. For more info, visit tomtechblog.com. From an outsider point of view, WIST has been really successful. Like it's toured, it's been acclaimed, people loved it, and that obviously was your first funded. So I assume that puts you in a stronger position for getting funds. Uh, we were lucky with Arts Council England that they gave us the funding because it was a tricky... We applied as a dance company, but we are making, in a way, we are making film, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a tricky thing to write, you know, and we we wanted to make sure that they no, understand that. but it that. is completely artistic. Then we yeah, we wanted to make sure mm -hmm. that we are not making a film, we are making a, a performance. And uh, it worked, and we got the funding. And they were looking after us, I think. I think they were uh, looking at our progression, how we get on, and how we do and stuff. And I was, and uh, I hope we make them happy, because I think we use their money uh, worthily, you said. Uh, yeah. We tour all around the world. We, so many people came to see us from so many different fields. Like, we barely get a dense audience, to be honest. I remember we were in Copenhagen, and this guy ran in the room. And go to one of the objects and say, I want to see this, I want to see this, how can I see this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, you can see this. I'm like, oh, how did you know about it? And say, I saw it on Instagram, I'm a visual artist. And, and this furniture is amazing. And, and I want to try, I know it's beyond stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it's great. It's great. We meet so many different people coming from different backgrounds. And, and that's what we want. That's what we make art. Is it a dance? Uh, the piece? Yeah. Do, do you think it is dance at all? Dance at all? Because I was thinking in my head that you there is a, a, a sense in which you make the audience dance. Like Yeah, we call it I mean, not necessarily yeah. traditional in any way, but their yeah. movement is the audience. Yeah, yeah. we eventually want, want to choreograph the audience. Every hour slot we have a new choreography. The live mm. element is the audience and yeah. we choreograph them. Yeah. Yesterday there was someone who is going to lie down on the floor and then as she was lying down on the floor, the leg of the other person who was sitting just passed through underneath of her <laughs> head and then she lied down and the other person just turned around to sit down. I was like, 
oh that was very <laughs> yeah. they were in the film so they didn't see themselves but uh, yeah some movements are always some somehow beautiful to watch from outside especially it's silent as well all the way through some people uh, laugh some people scare get scared and some people talk which mm. is amazing as well sometimes mm. <laughs> yeah because we got uh, a, a 3d sound engineer oliver cadell that worked with us on on west and so we placed uh, in the space some uh, sometimes there is voices coming from different corners and stuff and they are sometimes they think that we are speaking to them that we go to them and say hey, uh, something so they are like oh what what did you say you know but actually it's in the headphones so funny you have so many different reactions it's great it's a great piece to see and that's how this is another layer so you have the audience experiencing with the VR, but we always try to ask venues to have an open space or space with windows. And here in Sadler's Wells at the Lillian Bailey studio, we have um, a mezzanine. So we leave the door open so curious people can come and watch the piece from the outside because it's also an experience. This is another layer. It's another layer of yeah. audience and performer yeah. that the people who have paid to come and be part of the thing mm -hmm. are in some way performing without even knowing it for another layer. Yeah. Of, it's <laughs> yeah. really good. So it's toured really successfully. We're here at Sadler's Wells. Are you now putting Wist aside to do this next production that you mentioned? No, we, no, are we don't continue to. touring uh, Wist to Malaysia, next. Georgetown, oh, fantastic. next in August, and in then Russia. Russia in Moscow in October, and then Germany. probably Germany in November, still fixing. And then next year, another uh, UK tour we are planning, so we are working on it. Mm. You could presumably reach a point where WIST tours without you, yeah, uh, if you needed to, uh, but I imagine you would want to because it's travel and it. Yeah, we are we're actually training two amazing production managers um, this week in Sadler's. Uh, to take over the piece and also we want to start to establish a relationship with them for the next production obviously because we are literally three in the company uh, in the main company member yeah company members our producer Joshua uh, Aoi and myself and uh, we've been working so far for like four years together something like that yeah. and we like I like this idea of growing up together we are all the same age and uh, investing into each other's yeah not to just do one project and buy so same for those production managers i uh, we we want to invest in them yes they're going to take over and we can start to we already start starting to think about the next production so we've been researching for two years now uh and then hopefully we, get, we start in end of august for the and first. you said it doesn't have vr on the next production no. but mm. it does have technology oh yeah, yeah a lot uh what do you feel ready to say or can't you say anything yet we don't know yet no we have so many that we are now researching that we are thinking that is necessary to to create an environment with but but we don't but know that's why we are bringing experts with us during the yeah. think tank where where we talk about our vision and we want to start to develop the work with them and not uh, without them like we did with WIST. And because they are experts, then they, and as the narrative will grow, as the idea and vision of the next work will grow, we might realize, no, we don't need that, you know, yeah. this is gimmick or we can do it differently or we have the tools as performers to make it happen or so, but yes, we, I mean, we got like a, a sense of like, mm, we'd like, I think this would be great and that would be great. So we are uh, trying to uh, put as much chance in our side and uh, bringing them 
I mean, there are some amazing people on board and some people that we didn't know that would be interested to work with our in Esteban, to be honest. Mm. So we are so looking forward. It's so itchy right now. I'm like really waiting. I'm really bored at home waiting for this funding <laughs> to come. I'm like, because it's hard to talk to them as well, not being able to probably engage them. Uh, and then we make a, a point in our company. We don't want to engage people for free. We That's no. It's uh, no, and we want to raise also the the profile of the dancers. We've been dancers for so many years, and we always felt a bit like the last wheel of you know. Uh, and we want to change that, and I think it's yeah, it might not change with us, but if we can help to shake a bit, because we've been around and we've seen the the fees for from other industries as well, and it's like come on, come on. I mean, there are a bit too much, but. Uh, I think we are a bit, uh, also a bit too much in the bad way. But you can afford to be a bit more ambitious and ask for more, knowing that you will spend it wisely, and ask for people's time, but knowing that you want to pay them for the time and that you need to get paid as well. Yeah, I mean, we are still taking a lot of risk uh, yes. uh, because we don't know if it's going to work. We, we didn't know if it's going to work till really last minute. Yeah. Uh, until we put everything together, it was like, oh, and it worked, thanks God it worked, but, and the next piece is so ambitious that we don't know if it's going to work, so, you know, asking for a lot of money is not a comfortable position, and, uh, and I don't care about money, to be honest with you, I really don't care. We do what we want, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to divide your time between this company and other things? Mm. Yeah, it's really healthy, I think. Yeah, I think it's refreshing. Um, and we've been working with Jasmine for 10 years now. The relationship is so amazing. I'm so lucky to have to know that re type of relationship uh, with someone like this. So inspiring as well, uh, and so encouraging, so supporting our company. Uh, so uh, I'm so lucky. And um, for me, it's no problem. It's it's in our body, it's in our mind. She didn't need to speak to me in the studio. She just, you know, we try something. She give me a look. I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, I know what you want. Even before she starts to speak, I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Look. And then, uh, yeah, it's work like that. It's so nice, so nice. And that's what we want to carry on in our company. That's what we learn, this honesty, really trustful relationship with the dancers. Um, and that's what we learn. That's what we love, believe in, and we want to carry on that in, in our company, definitely, yeah. I always think of dance as one of the freest art forms in that, well, if you have your body and a thought of movement, you can just do it. <laughs> and there is something magic about that. But then to take that as a starting point and spend a lot of time developing that as a craft, but then transfer it into such technically ambitious visionary work is is really amazing. So I hope uh, you carry on doing it a long time and I hope it goes well. Yeah, thank so you. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, how can people find you online to, so that they can keep in touch with what you're doing? So all the social network, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we are at Aoi Esteban, both our names, and the website is aoiesteban.com. Uh, would it be okay if we come back and talk to you in a year's time again, find out how to get on with the next one? And you come uh, experience uh, the next production. Yeah, yeah, we're we'll good. Be amazing. Thank oh. you. No, thank you so much. Awesome. I really appreciate it. It's really thank lovely to meet you so as well. Much.
So that was my conversation with Oi and Esteban. Great stuff. Really interesting. I mean, they are somewhat otherworldly, those two. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I like that their, their vision and brain doesn't always live on the realms of normal reality. One of the fun things about editing the interview was where they say such interesting things that you want to leave it in, but it's not relevant to what you really want them to talk about. Find out more about Aoi and Esteban's work with AOE. Uh, you can hit them up either on Facebook or Twitter. Um, if you just search for AO Esteban, which is A-O-I, and Esteban, E-S-T-E-B-A-N. So both on Facebook, Twitter, search the same thing, you'll find them and bring them up. Really interesting guys. Can't wait to see what they're doing next. Nice one. Thank you very much for listening. If you're enjoying what you're hearing or you're finding it useful, please, please subscribe and have us drop into your box whenever we do a new episode. (laughs) Sorry, that wasn't intended to be. Um, And, you know, leave us a nice review and tell your friends in the VR or theatre making community about us. Obviously, this is quite a niche series and we do want to have as many people in that world get the chance to listen as possible. Back with more next week. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you so much, James. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Oh, I blew the mic. Bye-bye. No, I re-blew the mic. Oh, that's fine. Bye-bye. Don't fly out.